Hello and welcome to the London School of Theology podcast. You are listening to our weekly chapel service. In this episode, you'll be hearing from Dr. Matt Nell. London School of Theology. Forming disciples. Resourcing churches. Impacting society. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Community, as Mark's indicated, is, as most of you are probably aware, fairly close to my heart. Um, Both the topic and the people that make up this community. And so I may get emotional this morning. That is something that is possible. Uh, So my apologies for those of you who don't have emotion as part of your theological method. (laughs) But when we we get to those times, take it as uh, moments that are built in for reflection uh, on what's going on, and uh, I'll compose myself and we'll continue in due course. I've been praying for grace to get through this well, whatever that means. Celebrating Christian community is a wonderful goal. But we need to recognise that we're a long way away from that. There are issues on, excuse me, on many levels that we face. Western culture has struggled uh, for centuries with the slide into individualism, the values of postmodernism and subjectivism eroding the foundations of our approach to community. More recently, the pandemic has forced us into isolated existence a formative experience for many. LST as a particular place has historically sought a balance between our identity as a Christian community and our place as an institution in the United Kingdom. And our short memory cycle as a community was highlighted by the pandemic. I come with a particular perspective uh, with community, my most formative experiences in faith and spirituality were formed at an international interdenominational community in Austria. It was there that I realised more fully who I am in Christ and began to recognise the community aspect of my particular ministries. And so what I'm going to share this morning is not an exegetical Sermon. The passages that we've had are some of the samples that I will be uh, engaging with. We know that experience is a, an important part of our theological method. And when I think about community, it's a dominant theme. Not without the Bible, which I will seek to weave in here, because it's woven into who I am, not as much as I or others would wish. But I want to impress on all of us how vital community is for us as believers and to recognise what this means for each person, and that it will be different for each of us. My office is infamous as a place where people shed tears. 
I'm going to share with you why far more tears are shed once people leave. And I'm going to share why these two things for me are at the heart of Christian community. We can go through three stages this morning, starting by looking at community as our essential identity. Then we'll do some practical aspects in terms of how and where community happens. And finally, we'll get to the most important thing for me, which is why community happens. So the first point, I should be all right for this point, on community and identity. Fairly concise, because it's something that we know in our heads, if apparently it's, we're a bit unclear about what it means for our lives. As Christians, we only exist in community. We only exist in relationship with others. I'm sure a lot of sermons in this series are going to focus on New Testament language of the body of Christ, the family of God that we enter into, and hopefully on LST as a particular manifestation for this. I came well armed. You're able to turn down the microphones at these points. <laughs> I'm certainly you've come across the recognition that the use of the New Testament are generally plural rather than singular. But although we know this relational identity, too much of our language and our spirituality mitigates against us realising this practically. As we talk of individual experiences of the spirit, individual vocational language, individual understandings, individual approaches to our studies. I see this every year when meeting students coming out of Graham's relational theology module, challenged by the insights that are taught there that should be far more obvious to us in some ways. The depth of this community, communal identity is best expressed in the body image found in many places in the New Testament, a short bit from Romans 12 from verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober, sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. This body image is not simply, or I would say primarily, about understanding what part of the body I am so that I know what I should do. The body image rather shows that I function only in relationship to other parts around me. One body functioning together. And each part needs to honour the other parts. The health of a part is integrally linked to the health of the whole, something I'm going to focus on later. But if this is true, and there are a lot more of you than there is of me, and if my health depends on your health, then why do I look to myself first so often? Our foundational basis for community is this understanding of myself only in relationship with others. The Spirit is not simply God's presence with me, but drawing me into God's presence with you, as we've already been led to this morning. I talk about, a lot about this in relationship to marriage. That's not going to be an easy topic but for, at this point. Everywhere I go, in everything I do, my wife is present with me. Is affected by me, for good or for ill. And that very particular community extends out to us as a body at LST and beyond the whole body of Christ. I can feed into the health of the whole body. 
I can also harm the whole body, whether I am physically present with you or not. There is no part of my life that is my own apart from you. You are with me in my successes, as few as they may be, and in my struggles and my temptations, as many as they are. Just want to end that first section with a, a little bit from Jesus' prayer in John 17. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So I am in community. I'm always in community. Now, a little midsection on how community happens. I am in this relationship with you all, but in the West in particular, for many centuries, there's been a pull away from realising this in our individualism. It saturates our culture. It's present in our churches. And we need to learn, LST needs to learn, from those who are coming from other cultures that are closer to the biblical perspective than we are. Many global relational cultures have this built in. A simple example would be the idea of a locked door in a private house, which is still unknown in some parts of the world. They have church gatherings not governed by the clock or by an established liturgy, written or unwritten, but inspired by the call to be together in worship and fellowship, moving easily between the two, often over many hours, because that's what relationship looks like. The Acts 2 church, referenced in both of the last chapels, doesn't have to, didn't have to think about being together because it just was together. But that's not the starting point for our society, for the churches that gather in our society, for many who are present at LST. We need to recognise this is a difficulty for many of our international students who come to something which is trying to be a culture, but come from places where that relational culture is much more natural to them. We know in our heads our communal identity, but there's little in our lives that naturally realises this for us. But again, the reality is our relational identity extends into every area of our lives. We don't stop being in community or church when we're apart or when we're struggling, when we're working or when we're studying. But we need spaces where community happens. And different spaces play different roles in the relationships that we forge. We need a broad range of spaces because we are very different people in this community and because of the purposes of community that we're going to come to shortly. LST has some spaces in place, lecture rooms, meeting rooms, chapel. Some we may want to be in, others we may not. But these play roles not only in our individual formation, but in forming elements of our relationships. It's been apparent this year but as a community, we've not honoured those spaces or each other in those spaces, as we should have done. Sometimes there are good reasons why people are not present at lectures or in chapel. Sometimes those reasons are known publicly. More often than not, they are not known, except by that person and maybe one or two others. I don't think there is intentional dishonouring of each other. 
I think it comes from people considering themselves rather than who we are together in community and seeking to honour each other in where we are and how we are there. At times, other places play roles. The stud, the field, lecturers' offices, student rooms. Each is particular and powerful in its own way, as we'll see later. Not everybody builds relationships in the same types of spaces. Pandemics made us more aware of other aspects that we need to bear in mind uh, as LST. Our virtual community, our online, our blended, our non-residential students. Most of us, staff, students, faculty, are part of multiple communities. Families, churches, workplaces outside LST. We need to care more about whether people are in deepening community relationships than whether they come into certain spaces that we value. We have very different roles at LST, different modes of study that affect the nature of our contact, but contact is vital for building community. And as we'll see shortly with why we need community, it needs to extend beyond a formality, beyond a relationship of the rational to function as true Christian community. There are some who just naturally relate to people around. They can't do anything else. Many others need an encouragement, need a pull into community. As I said, lockdown conditioned people to a self-reliant space. I realised a long time ago that I have a gift, many experience it as a curse, for creating spaces where community can happen. Some, many of these spaces, are largely or exclusively frivolous. Mystery nights, ball games, evenings, that kind of stuff. Others less so. Project presentations coming up, if I'm allowed to mention it, so close to deadlines. Evening discussions, other places. I suspect when people think about me and community, these are the kinds of things that come to mind, often with a roll of the eyes. However, for me, they are not what community is about, not what community is for. They are at best means to ends and can only be counted successes if they contribute to those ends. And there are two ends for me that primarily come into view. The first is formation and learning. Our formation as Christians is not an individual mental process and should never be reduced to this. Our formation is relational with God, with each other, with his wider church, in our minds, our hearts, our bodies, through our stories, through our lives. It does not only take place in lecture rooms in the library. In fact, much of the most important formation takes place in the stud, over the dinner tables, in people's offices. We're coming up to a really important time in the formation learning experience at LST as assignments begin to come to an end. And we, those without massive marking piles at least, can focus on other aspects of learning. Some of these will have a formality. Recitals coming up, okay, an assessment for some, but a great place for others of us to honour others, to learn from others in the gifts that God has given them. Research day coming up for Tony, graduation, more important for many are informal spaces that happen, often organically. Some created for us to be together where we can learn from each other's lives and stories. And Rachel and the new committee are working on some of these. And I'm playing a part as well. We need to be aware of what, uh, to understand what, which of these can extend into our online community. These are times to be together, to be who we are as relational beings to realise that, to be present with each other, apart from some things that might otherwise distract where formation can happen. 
Make use of this time to learn in different ways and allow others to learn from you. Whole life, whole self-learning needs community. It's an important purpose. But there is a greater purpose since learning in itself is not an end for the Christian. It is only a means to our true end in the worship of God. And it can replace or even be a barrier to this if we don't recognise its true place in our lives. I love being in community to learn. But the main purpose of community for me is not in this or in the fun things that we do. The purpose of all that is the building of relationships so that the true power of community of church is revealed in the support for each other along the hard roads that we're called to walk. Too much of our Christianity, our study, our worship, our speech are about the bookends of the Christian life entry through the cross, and exit into glory. But most of our life is spent on the bit in between. It's the bit where we know the wonder of what Christ has done. But the full effects of that seem so far away. The sinful struggles that we continue to go through. The hurt that we've experienced that keeps us up at night. The inability to, who I want, to be who I want to be in relationships, in holiness, in my studies the damage we've suffered from communities we've been part of, including LST, the brokenness of the world in my life. In my family, in my church, in society. In climate destruction, in injustice, in poverty, in war. This is why we need community. This is why community is given to us by God. Every single one of us is living with elements of that list and the effects of that present in our lives and present in the lives of the people that we love. We all need support to walk through this life. We are given community in order that we do not walk through all this alone. But the ability to share much of this is dependent on a depth of community relationship not a tick-box formal community. Not all have the same part to play. We play our parts in different spaces with different people, but all have some part to play. It may simply be that that is to acknowledge our weakness in one area of life or with our whole lives and to offer that to others. It may be that for a time you're walking in green pastures, our relational identity means that you then have strength for those who are struggling through rocky terrains. Our call in this life is to be faithful, to walk the path in front of us. And it is easier to walk that path together, supporting one another than alone. We are called to love one another. That's why I had the 1 Corinthians passage read, so often used in marriages, sometimes relating to God, but fundamentally it's characterizing Christian community. And it's not an easy or a pleasant passage. It's other-focused, not self-focused. It's about supporting each other, encouraging each other, protecting each other, because these are what we need in the hardness of life. It's a passage that recognises we need this for each other because of the struggles and temptations of this life. 
impatience, greed, anger, wrongs done against us, evil, danger, people falling away. I've still got more, don't worry. The reason we need spaces to relate in, the reason why I create spaces, is so that when life is hard, people feel able to approach me, to share their burdens with me. It is the greatest privilege of my life to be honoured by hearing your struggles. That's not an easy one to say when so many of you shared them with me over the past few years. To be allowed to be present with you in your brokenness. To play the smallest role in you taking your next faithful steps. The more that I know you, the more I admire and love you for your faith and for your faithfulness. And that is greater through my knowledge of your weaknesses than it is in my knowledge of your strengths. I talked a couple of times this year about the armour of God in Ephesians 6, so beautifully read to us. And my realisation that this is not something that I put on to deal with attacks that come against me, but rather it's a communal thing that we're called to put on. Something that I often have to put on to stand in front of others who are being attacked because they may not be able to clothe themselves. That's what Christian community is for. Our communal identity gives us an awareness of the range of attacks, of the struggles that people are going through. An understanding of how we and others can support and protect people through these. There is that strength in unity. Where I am weak, you can be strong. And there's great joy in events that mark the stages of life. We have graduation coming up. We have weddings, many, coming up. <laughs> this is an expensive summer, this summer, I tell you. As much as I enjoy those days... When I'm present in those spaces, the greater associations for me are with the path that has led to that time. Those difficult talks that we've had, the prayers that we've prayed. And then with the path that's going to follow on that will not be easy for you. I pray for faithfulness for you, for support from other communities, when it's harder for me, for us to be there for you. So in conclusion, community is the reality of my identity in Christ. I have no existence now apart from the other parts of the body of which you are some. Our culture, our history, particularly recent history, means that we're often unable to realise this in our lives. There's a tendency, even a temptation, to isolate ourselves, to remove ourselves from community. So we need spaces where community relationships can be built, holistic, deep community deep relationships, different spaces for different people so we can learn and be formed as Christians in every aspect of ourselves. But more than this, community relationships that we will need as we struggle through this life, as we seek to walk faithfully with all the mess inside and around us, run the race that is given us with the prize before us. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you that we do not walk this path alone. I thank you for the hope of glory. But we know how hard life is in this world, how incomplete we are as individuals, as communities. Help us to approach each other with love and grace, to share our stories and our struggles, to acknowledge our weaknesses and receive the strength of others. Build us together as your church, as your body, with Christ as our head and with eternal life as our goal. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the London School of Theology podcast. To find out more about LSD and our courses, please visit our website 